Hey, everybody. Welcome to Drunkard's Walk, the podcast. My name is Matt Hartman. I'm one of your hosts for this walk through Wikipedia. And your other host, as always, is the man with no name, Jethro Nolan. That's right. It's me, Jethro Nolan, sadly, unnamed, even well into my 48th year on this planet. Uh, uh, Jethro Nolan is really a placeholder. I haven't been given a name and I never will be. Uh, so we have this uh, this artifice that's been constructed. Uh, and sometimes it feels like a name, but in reality, mm-hmm. it is not. No, uh, my, it is not. It is just, it's a label, but not like a name label. Like, uh, no, I don't even know how to describe it's it. A pla- like, it's a placeholder. All of my official yeah, documents, my passport, my driver's license, mm-hmm. all just have a blank space where it says name. And it's uh it's been very challenging to to navigate through life, particularly when I try to get on planes. I'm sure, yeah, oh, and that's that's literally navigating. So quite true. That is a quite true a tough thing to do. Well, Jethro, uh, despite your namelessness, I'm excited to have you here, uh, as I always am. Uh, last week was was a, a phenomenal uh, adventure that we took to a destination that you you were not a big fan of. I I, um, I remain not a big fan of it. Uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna say what it was right now because I don't want to make you angry again. You got so angry last week. I am a cauldron um, of rage. You are. You are. Unfortunately, I don't have my soundboard hooked up this week, so I can't even play a sound clip. Oh, from, what uh, a what a pity that you can't razz me with this thing <laughs> that I dislike any more than you already have. It is a shame. It is a shame. But um, you know, we do know where we're starting. We're going to start uh, with. Mr. Pumpkins, but we are going to move on to a destination. And in order to get that destination, normally we have a guest that gives us a place to go. But but this week, we don't have a guest. We don't? How will we, we f- have? We have two guests. Ooh. Yes, that's right. So joining us, we are very excited to have with us Danny Polisi and Mike Palladini. <laughs> and I think I did it right. And it. Uh, these guys are the, would we call you the founders, the, the, the creators? What do we call you? Consiglieres, you know, we can call us a Ooh. lot of different names. <laughs> All right. The, the Consiglieres of, of Penelope bourbon, one of my favorite bourbons, not just because it has the same name as my daughter, but also because oh. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's right, Mike. And I, I believe your daughter is also named Penelope, isn't that right? That's right. Yeah, nice, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Great that's minds right. think should, alike. <laughs> yeah, we we should get them to hang out sometime. I, if I got a picture of of the two Penelopes together with a bottle of burr, oh my gosh, that would just be the greatest thing uh, in the whole world. But anyway, we we brought these guys on because um uh, we were lucky enough when I posted uh way back in season I don't know one maybe season two, I don't remember what it was. I was drinking some Penelope bourbon uh, on the show. I posted as I always do on our Instagram, Drunkard's Walk podcast. And um, and and Mike actually responded to it. And he was like, hey, great to see that you're drinking. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the guy that made the stuff. And he's responding to me? No way. Um, and so we've been in touch since then. And, and now we're so excited to have you guys on. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. That's, I remember that too. And uh, now thank you guys for having us on. We're excited. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah. And you so, nailed the names. Nailed it. Right. Nailed the oh. names. It was like fluent. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, so so we gotta we gotta start like you gotta tell us how did Penelope Bourbon come to be? Um, you guys are, are were you guys friends before you started making bourbon, or did you bump into each other in a bar? Or how, how did this all start start going the way it went? 
No, yeah. Danny and I, we grew up, uh, we were next door neighbors. We lived uh, right uh, next to each other, literally growing up our whole lives. And um, we were, you know, we're both from Basque, obviously Basking Ridge, New Jersey. We we went to Ridge High School. Um, and, you know, really how it all kind of came together was probably back about three and a half years ago. So sometime in like 2018, probably in the summer mm-hmm. of 2018, uh, my wife and I, we were trying to have kids for a while. And uh, and so were Danny and Candace, uh, Candace being Danny's wife. And I don't know. We just that a lot of emotions took many years. And uh, we always said if we had a girl, we were going to name her Penelope. And, you know, that's kind of the end of it. And Danny and I just like bourbon. That that was like the the extent of it. We, you know, we weren't like, we just like bourbon. We didn't really drink beer or wine or anything like that. So I don't know the mixed emotions. You find out you're having a girl, you know, we already knew the name, like the second we found out and I sure. uh, just said, heck, it's got a good name for a bourbon company too. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like, that's, that's kind of skinny yeah. on it. And I called Danny. I was like, Hey, I don't know anything about whiskey or bourbon. Um, but you want to get, I want to get crazy and try something, try to do this. That's and a hell of a literally just jump right into it. I mean, that's, we started that's a hell of a sales pitch. People. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really was the extent of the sales pitch. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was really we, you know, we didn't really know what we were getting into. And I sometimes think too, from the beginning, it's like, sometimes when you just, you know, the, the, the bourbon industry in a whole is very, um, you know, folks have been in this business for like 40 years and that there it's a, it's actually a really tight knit community from the supplier side with mm-hmm. like, um, the vendors you work with, like the glass bottles and the caps, like it's a very small tight knit group, especially on the distillation side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you just get into a space, maybe it's a little bit of fresh eyes on something. And we really just took a consumer palette. Like, I don't even think I've ever been to a whiskey tasting before I start this. Like, and so it just, we, our whole notion was like, well, do you like it? And we're like, yes, we do. And that was kind of like the basis of how we started building it off of. That's great. Wow. Okay. So, so you had no background in any kind of you know, alcohol or anything. I mean, you'd, you'd consumed alcohol, other than, obviously. Other but than being I, was, I had a PhD yeah. in that. I'll tell yeah. you that right, much. Right. Exactly. So now how does it, how does it work? Because I know that there, there are like, I know that when I first started drinking bourbon and when I first, you know, whatever, I was kind of like, oh, there's all these, all of these different bourbons are different distilleries and they're they're They all make, they all distill their own bourbon and they all, and then I learned that that wasn't really true. Like how, how does it work? Like how does, how, how does one come up with a particular bourbon? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, most of, I'd say the wine and spirit segment, I can't speak to beer, but I mean, a lot of the wine business is just contract vineyards mm-hmm. pumping out bottles of wine, whether it's in France or in Napa Valley. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with spirits, whether it's gin, vodka. I mean, you think Tito's is making all that vodka from that handmade still in Austin. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> you, you, there, the world, there's a big underside to this business, this like underbelly, I guess you could say, um, which is, which is really the contract distillation side, which mm-hmm. is like pure manufacturing of liquid mm-hmm. so that it can then be purchased mm-hmm. or blended. And, and we always looked at the contract folks are, just giving you components of a recipe. So yeah. if you're making a, a, a just a normal, if you're making like coming up with the next uh, Auntie Anne's, like, you know, like the macaroni and cheese taken on craft, mm-hmm. um, sure. you know, you're going to, you're going to source different components of that product from different manufacturers. And it's kind of similar how we looked at it with, with our side is uh, we, we, we didn't really know what we, we actually were deer in headlights. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, in fact, we didn't even know anybody. I cold called I, uh We looked at a few distilleries and, 
ended on MGP because they were the most like talked about and mm-hmm. open from uh, a contract perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I don't even remember. I think I was either I Colk. It's like you call like one eight hundred Bourbon and like you get the switchboard. <laughs> Um, it was something like that. I, I don't even remember. It might have been an email, like info at some. I, long story short, they responded and actually got back to me after a few days. And I was like, oh my gosh, we might be able to buy whiskey because that's we can't have a bourbon brand without bourbon. Yeah. And right. we went we went down there and I'll kind of turn it over to Danny, but that was kind of how we pieced it all together. And then I'll let Danny kind of chime in on the blend piece. <laughs> no, I mean, exactly. We were, we were totally deer in headlights when we showed up. Um, we never really been to a distillery to, of that scale where you're you're looking for, you know, specific mash bills or recipes to to purchase barrels of. And we walked in. I remember we walked in the room and there were just like a ton of glasses of, of bourbon on the table. You know, there must have been at least like sixty different glasses. I'm like, whoa, are we supposed to like taste through all these? You know? <laughs> and we just sat down. We started going through it, and you know nothing was really resonating with us like as an individual mash bill and and i remember it was just like also we weren't like really spitting at all so we were we were drinking a lot of it um ton of it you 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 would think that the reviews would get more favorable the further you got into the day (laughs) yeah exactly but uh mike started like gravitating one way i started gravitating another way and and then we were just like let's blend them together we blended them together and we looked at each- i remember the look i mean we both looked up at each other and we were like whoa i was like that's good he's like that's really good you know mm-hmm. and uh even the the people at mgp they don't really like even guide you you just walk- they they just put it in front of you and they're not telling you you should do this or you should do that they're just like oh, yeah let us know when you're done and you know what you're thinking Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they finally came back in the room and, and how many like, barrels you want yeah, yeah. yeah try this and and they were like oh that's that's nice and what ended up happening was like us blending those three bourbons together created what we didn't know at the time was considered like a four grain bourbon um mm-hmm. and it's still our our base recipe today we still use all the, those three uh bourbon mash bills in all of our products we just blend them in all different ways or we'll finish them in different casks um you know, we're just having a lot of fun with that. But, um, you know, it was a, it was a long day and we, we left there, we were a little buzzed. And, uh, I remember it was like, I wonder if that was really good or, you know, or maybe it wasn't, maybe we were just a little buzzed and, uh, we got a sample the next day and tried it again. And it was like, wow, this is good. Let's do it. And that kind of secured, made us feel better about it, even pushing forward after that. Yeah, that's great. So now when you say, when you say they finished them in different casks, like, do you, do you have casks somewhere that you do this or do you tell them, Hey, put them in this, put them in that. Like, how, how does that work? So, well, we, yeah. oh, go ahead, Danny. I was going to say, so we, we purely from MGP, we purely buy uh, barrels from them. So we'll look mm-hmm. through the different batches they have of those mash bills, purchase them, and then we'll bring them somewhere else um, to bottle them. So we started out bottling in uh, at some places in Kentucky um, and then as we've grown, we actually opened up our own, uh, licensed distillery in New Jersey where we do all oh, our awesome. small batch stuff or like special projects where we need to be next to the barrels every day. Okay. Okay. So, we, so, so you are, so you are dealing with these barrels. You are dealing with the, I mean, you're, you're right there. Like 
there's a distillery that that you go to and that you have housed somewhere in New Jersey that in a in a top secret location. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> well, we didn't have it in the beginning. I mean, we were everything's been very slow. Like you know, Rome was. We always say like Rome wasn't built in a day. And mm-hmm. you know, our first. I mean, our, our entire supply chain was outsourced in the beginning. So we we partnered with great folks like Castle and Key in Frankfurt, where we would transfer and bond barrels from MGP there and. Um, we've had a lot of different bottling co-packing partners that were that we've worked with in Bartstown. And I mean, heck, we still for some of our products, we still work with um uh we still work with Bartstown Bourbon Company on two mm-hmm. of our SKUs that uh, they're a little bit higher volume. So it's just more efficient to yeah. to run them through a line that can kind of get them done pretty quickly. But what what we found is like, and then you know, we we kind of saw the, uh, probably middle point of uh, spring last year, we said like, you know it's really hard to like innovate from a product perspective without having your hands on that product literally every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we always had a warehouse like for our finished goods. So everything would always be picked up at our warehouse and you know, Danny, Danny's like a mechanical engineer. That was what he did before all this. And so he whittled together a bottling line. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like that's how it worked. Like we, nice. and it's not efficient. It's nothing fancy, but it works. You know what yeah. I mean? So and we're constantly chipping away at it. It's, you know, it's in New Jersey and it's been great. It's actually upped our game quite a bit. That's great. What, cool. what, now, what kind of volume are you up to in terms of uh, how many bottles produced annually? Bottles. Oh, man. Or, 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 whatever, uh, or whatever your preferred metric is. Unit of met. Uh, so like, yeah, like this year, I mean, in our second year, we're hoping to do like 30, 35,000 cases. That's amazing. Wow. So, yeah. wow. so I guess it's going, it's going all right. It's going pretty well, but the, 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 it's awesome, but you have, but it's a really kind of a stressful business in the mm-hmm. sense, because you, that's a lot of barrels of whiskey being dumped. So you met to make sure you have that inventory. We don't have any outside investors. Mm-hmm. We're like, we kind of manage, like we're working with debt to like help us like navigate mm-hmm. this kind of weird growing phase you're in, but the inventory demands are pretty, pretty high on this type of business where like you're, we're, you know, and, and one of the best things is MGP has been such a great partner of ours. You know, you can buy barrels on the, through brokers and there's various channels to find barrels of whiskey, but you know, we've only purchased through them. Like we've, we've made it a point, like they are a partner, even if the price is, you know, it's like lobster, like there's market rates, right. Yeah, like sure, sure. ebbs and flows, but you know, we stay true. Like we have a partnership with them and I mean, that's kind of paid off where we we're able to kind of secure uh, barrels, at least for um, without necessarily having to pay for them, but have them locked in for us. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. know we can produce, you know, we can continue growing and knowing we have inventory to yeah. support that growth um, while we're laying down new fills, of which is new distillate, which could take, you know, four or five years to come to maturation. So right now, it's you caught us at an interesting time. It's a very it's just an interesting time of our business because it's like all of a sudden we were thinking, so we were thinking, what am I, what am I doing tomorrow? And now you're like, shit, what am I doing like five years from now? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, you have to grow up almost kind of quickly and be like, whoa, like, yeah, what are we going to do? Yeah. And, 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 and like now more than ever, it's, it's abundantly clear, like the complexities of all those supply chain logistics can, can destroy you if you don't have enough uh, flexibility built in because supply chains are just going Haywire. I don't know if you guys are purely domestic with all of your stuff or if you have to deal with all of the it's craziness all that's going on internationally. Absolutely. Like our glass comes from Portugal and it's, mm-hmm. you know, we've been lucky so far that we've had it allocated towards us and it's, it's made it here. But mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, you know, shipping's a mess right now. Uh, you know, the cost of everything has definitely gone up over the last year and a half. I mean, I think every component of our bottle, including the, you know, the bourbon has increased. Yeah. All I do is get price increases. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and I always tell this to our sponsors, I'm like, guys, this doesn't make sense. It's supposed to be when you buy more, your price goes down. Right. How is it every time? And it's just like, this is, it's kind of a crazy, well, you're right. The supply chain is wild right now. Um, yeah. But, you know, we were always, we've had good partners. Most of the partners we've, we've been working with are the same ones we started with literally from day one. That's and crazy. it came from just like asking for introductions. So yeah. I remember like with MGP, I'm like, hey, do you have a glass guy? Like you're a person, whomever, anybody. And someone that sells glass, can I speak to them? And these are people that like would give us the time of day when we just, you know, it was, we were bottling three barrels of bourbon and our order was nothing to them. And, you know, they, they were just super attentive, like spent a lot of time with us to. Dude, the guy took us on his boat that night. (laughs) Nice. In the Ohio river. Remember that? Drinking Coors Lights. We, uh, <laughs> we had, uh, yeah, like MGP, we kind of like, they don't know you. So they kind of size you up. Cause they get probably in it. I, I could imagine they get a ton of phone calls, but we were like, yeah, looking at a big purchase. Yeah. We were, there was never a chance we were buying more than four to six barrels. Yeah. Kind of laid that on them at the uh, day 11th hour, but they're over yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, clearly. Um, so, so I'm drinking, uh, I, I have some, some Penelope bourbon here tonight, some of the barrel strength. Oh, nice. Um, and it is from uh, batch number six. Now, oh, yeah. It's mm. it it looks yes. like it's handwritten on here. Is this actually handwritten information? Oh, oh god, yeah. It is. <laughs> Who who's did one of you guys write this? No, I will oh, okay. not. A lot of a lot of different people have probably written on these bottles. It's like see, here's more this. handwritten stuff. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I yes, yeah. The handwriting it. on our bottles is oh. one of the most tedious. Like, it's the slowest part of our our production. But you know, it it changes batch over batch, and you can't really anticipate the proof and stuff before you dump it. And sure. Wow. <laughs> well, it's it's awesome. I Actually, I love it. I'm I'm a big <laughs> fan of it. Uh, like I said before, um, this this particular one that I'm drinking right now, uh, I like quite a bit. Uh, Jethro. Has some barrel strength as well. I'm, I think yeah, I'm, said, I'm I'm batch seven, so batch seven. Oh, nice. batch after yeah. Mike Mike and I tried to handwrite the first. Remember the first first batch of handwritten labels, <laughs> and we screwed screwed up. I did like, like I was so excited. I'm like I want my penmanship all over these labels, <laughs> and I must have written. I went for like 15 minutes. You see, so you're rattling them off. 15 yeah. minutes of writing on labels. You're probably getting like 100 done, 150. Like all of a sudden, Danny or somebody comes in. They're like. Uh, dude, like that's the wrong ABV. <laughs> oh no! To this oh, day, no. well, I have just, been. Uh, just, I have you know, terminally just, just scratch it out right above it's, it. I'm sure that was. We were trying. We, <laughs> yeah. and we didn't have it. That was like our first batch. So and that was a botch yeah. to begin with, anyway. But I was like, oh wait, fifty-seven point six. I'm like, no, it's fifty-seven point eight. I was like, just use white out, and we end up just scrapping. I never written on a label ever since. <laughs> well, they they probably won't let you. They're like, yeah. all right, this guy. I'm not. A, I'm, not a lot of, I'm. I'm. Only, I can't be within ten feet of that label right. machine. Put right. it that way. <laughs> Mike is a. Well, this, um, he's a maniac on the bottle filler, though. Oh, yeah, good. I'm very good on the bottle filler. 
I can go for, I can go quick on that thing. I, I'm, I'm more on the bottle emptying side myself. Yeah, I know. Me too. That's a, I'm, a, I'm an expert on it though. Um, well, this is, this is awesome. Uh, thank you for, for explaining a little bit about uh, how everything works. And um, folks, if you haven't tried uh, Penelope bourbon yet, make sure you do. Uh, it is available. If you're listening, most of our listeners are in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, and they do have it at fine wine and good spirits, everybody. So you can go and check it out there. Um, Highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've also ordered it online from various, uh, cast cartel and things like that. Um, so you can find it there too. But, um, what we do need to get to actually is, uh, where you're sending us tonight on our drunkards walk. So, um, did you have a topic, a destination in mind for us? Well, I kind of do. Yeah. And I, so I don't know, Danny, well, I feel like there's two of us, maybe we'll, I'll throw out a destination and maybe Danny could throw out a destination and you know, there's no winners or losers. You guys, maybe you can pick which one you want to go down, but. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh, throwing you a little curveball here. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. No, hey, we'll, 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 I love, we'll take a so when I kind of decompress at night, I'm sure I'll do tonight. I usually get into bed. It's usually like, so I want to like, Finally, my day, it's when things are quiet, I can kind of like kids are in bed, I can start doing some emails and then I'll get into bed, you know, maybe like 11, 1130. And um, <clears throat> I usually put on YouTube. So mm-hmm. Wikipedia, YouTube, I, but you know, all this is kind of the same, you kind of fall into the same rabbit hole, but I love mm-hmm. military history. And uh, recently I've been very, very big on World War One. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. so um, the destination, uh, I don't know how general you want it, but I'd say maybe start off on World War One or just jump right into like the Battle of the Somme or something like that. I think that's a oh very yeah I interesting mean, area to navigate. Give give us something specific is definitely uh, better for like uh, World War One. I, I mean, World War One's a pretty big topic. We could probably get there no problem, right? So uh, you know, make it a little bit more specific for yeah. us that we're certainly happy with that. Which which battle did you say? Well, the Battle of the Somme was uh was one of the major. Okay. Uh, you know, British offensives of the, uh, of the war. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I know. I know, you, I still, I know yeah, nobody sounds very excited one, about this. So. Oh Danny, no. I, I chime in. <laughs> Danny, you have any thoughts on a, on a, on a destination for us so we can, uh, uh somehow choose between the two of you? Um, I don't know how this popped in my head, but, uh, one time I was in Scotland and there's something that every, everywhere I went, somebody kept saying, you have to go see the Falkirk wheel. And it's like oh. supposedly like this engineering marvel. So I'm going to say the Falkirk wheel. It's located in Scotland. Ooh. And it's, okay. it's not very exciting when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude, you didn't. You just ruined it, man. You what? had it. I feel like you had it. One. What is it? What is comment? What is it? Uh, <laughs> it's why it's this thing that just it's like two channels that are at different levels, and this you get in this little thing, and it lifts it like it's a wheel, and it lifts the boat like a hundred feet up to the next little channel. I but think I've seen more- a, a video of this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it okay. has like like two boats. One one's coming down, <laughs> and one's going up. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but it got that built actually- up to me like really big, and I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out like why it existed, why they spent that kind of money on it because it doesn't seem like it does much. <laughs> when like when was it built? Would you say like was it built in the the 20th century before that? Like when what are we what are we talking as yeah, far as modernization century. goes? Oh, okay, 20th century. It's like okay. a modern marvel. You know? Got it. Very cool. Got and and, and, okay. and Michael, what is it about the Battle of the Somme? Uh, that that particularly intrigues you, or what have you learned about it that you that you find fascinating? 
Oh man, it's just, I don't know, just something about trench warfare, like a stalemate. Like it, they, they, I mean, I think this is some of the first battles where machine guns were used, tanks were used. It's like real industrial machinery warfare, like weapons were used, mm-hmm. but like still in like kind of this archaic way of doing battle. And it was yeah. just, I just found it, you know, it just, and also I've been on a very, very big Downton Abbey kick. Oh, nice. And oh. So love the show. I'm only on season, actually season four now, season four, episode five. I'll probably try to crank an episode out of that, but that kind of re-engaged and, but I've always been into uh, different kind of, like I was on a big Alexander the Great kick yeah. for mm. a real long time. Like if you ever read about how he just like conquered everything, it's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I really, uh, I just found the psalm is interesting. Uh, uh, simply some of those facts and just, I mean, heck, man, it just was a really, I mean, it's a pretty gnarly battle. It, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, and the, I kind of like that it wasn't the U.S. battle. So I like that it was like a more British, French and, and German and Canadian, mm-hmm. actually, too, for that for that matter. So mm-hmm. yeah. just interesting to me. Yeah. The, the whole dynamics of, of trench warfare in World War One are uh horrifying and uh, incredibly interesting. Uh, and there, uh, there's been a lot of movies that have come out uh, recently. I, was it 1917 that came out? 1917 is yeah. another uh, one. Incredible. Uh, there's actually, there's actually before 1917, there really wasn't, there was the, um, oh my God, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. Yeah. But that's from that's, the thirties. Yeah. I think you watched that. Like, old, yeah. Everyone kind of watched that at some point yeah. uh, during high school, but that was the only kind of big World War One movie. Everything was World War Two. That was the, yeah. Uh, d-day and you know that had those kind of like more kind of glamorous moments but yeah no there wasn't many world war one movies up till 1917 i mean i'm sure there were but nothing like the, the only know, one that's world war ii yeah. kind of took the stole the thunder yeah world war world war ii is the more photogenic cousin uh between the two uh i, I feel like uh joya noel uh about the the uh christmas uh piece where the soldiers from the opposing sides came together yeah. in no man's land and played like cards together on christmas and then went back to yeah trying to blow the shit out of each other i know that's actually well, crazy like they literally were having like yeah. tea and not and then all of a sudden they're like all right we got to get back to uh yeah the, each other the, yeah. the officers had to crack down on that because like hey we're trying to have a war here people <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's also the the very true story of wonder woman uh you know that i mean that's you know that that definitely all occurred during world war one so um true uh, i i don't know jethro i don't know how to choose between these two do, do you have do you have any thoughts on on how we pick I, I mean the best thing i could suggest would be to flip a coin uh they're both great suggestions Ooh, and uh coin uh let me see if i do you have a coin available no jethro i got to admit love the hack collection Oh, thank you. Thank you very yeah, much. Taking that hat collection. I want to get a new hat. I want to the, get a hat like the, that. Those, so. those are all hats that belong to uh, uh, relatives of mine and my wife's uh, over the years that we've collected. Oh, wow. Oh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. It's a nice little thing to put in my office there. Yeah, all right. Like that. All right. Uh, I'm searching for a coin. All right. How about, how about this? I have a coin I have a pog. in the U.S. right now. <laughs> all right. You have a pog? All right. Yeah, I can flip a pog. Flip a pog. So uh, what, what are the two sides of the pog there? Uh, one side is the... The 1990s Pittsburgh Penguin symbol, and the other side is blank. All right, fantastic. So <laughs> let's say that the 1990s Pittsburgh blank uh, Penguin symbol is the uh, Falkirk wheel, and the, wheel. the blank <laughs> side is the Battle of the Somme. Okay, you probably right. should have given me something about like maybe like like look up something bourbon related. I guess no, we went on two tangents. That's two on the nose. I feel like I feel like I feel like people got the bourbon thing. So all right, here we go. 
All right. It landed with this side up. All right. Falkirk, that's that's the Falkirk wheel. Falkirk wheel. All right. All right. Fantastic. Well, that, Dig that, in. that is where we will head then. And we are going to be going there from David S. Pumpkins. That's right. Which is where we that. ended last week. <laughs> David S. Pumpkins, um, which is Jethro's least favorite uh, destination that we've ever had. It's true. Because um, no, he's not a fan of that, that I'm particular not. sketch on Saturday Night Live. Um, but gentlemen, it has been a absolute pleasure Absolutely. talking to you and having you on here and hearing all about this again, folks, Penelope bourbon, check it out. Um, because it's awesome. And, it uh, guys, th- just thank you. That's, thank you. that's, that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. No, Cheers. You guys. Cheers. We appreciate you having us on and hopefully we'll get to do it again soon. And we'll, maybe we'll have better destinations next time. Oh, they're fine. Hey, they're fine. <laughs> these are great. <laughs> these these are, are great. I was like, uh, my destination's on the planet Earth. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to kind of be more, it's more of a macro destination. That is, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Take care, guys. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Bye-bye. All right. All right. So I went to I went to Cheers with everybody, and my coaster stuck to my glass, Mm -hmm. and I spilled bourbon all over myself do you, so, do you need a minute to, to clean yourself up no no i'm gonna i'm just gonna just sit in it man i mean i i i poured my my bed i'm gonna sleep in it uh, it make any sense. Yeah, a beautiful a beautifully crafted metaphor if ever so thank you we had we had better hurry up because as previously mentioned we're both drinking barrel strength bourbon we are. and it is yeah. already hitting me hard so we yeah. need to get a move on my friend 115 proof. Um, we better get rocking. So uh, we we need to come up with our predictions. We do. We do indeed. So from David S. Pumpkins to the Falkirk wheel. Um, all right. I guess write down what you think it's going to be. And I will do the same. I I got myself in trouble last week. And I'm. All right, Matt. Right. My prediction has been made. And I am at. The Wikipedia page for David S. Pumpkins. All right. That's good because that is where we need to start. So let us journey forth from there. Um, Now, the Falkirk wheel, just to remind me, he said Scotland, correct? Yes. Falkirk, Scotland is where it is located. It is an engineering feat. And I've seen a video of this. Uh, So it is basically, imagine um, imagine a, a thing that has like a balance that has like two sort of containers at, at either end of it. And those mm-hmm. containers contain water that a boat sits mm-hmm. in. And so when a boat travels into the top one, there's a, there's a corresponding container at the bottom that's filled with water and perhaps another boat and they okay. turn around and the boats then take off on the new level that they're on. The one boat being on a lower level, the one boat having been raised uh, to a higher level. So okay, I am awesome. having a tough time picturing that, but uh, I, I like I like I like the the idea behind what's happening. For, for, sure. for the listener, I've made very helpful hand gestures while describing, and still Matt yeah. doesn't understand. So no, well, I'm not looking at your I'm not looking at you right now. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, so gotcha. I can't really see your hand gestures. But um, I think uh, one of the things I mean, obviously, there's probably a geographical route to go through uh, to get so, to Scotland, as and, there always is. Yes, right. But uh, you know we we don't love that type of uh, route. We so do what, not. What I'm going to suggest 
is that there's a link on here for Tower of Terror, which is a thrill ride at um, Disney World, I think also at Disneyland, mm-hmm. maybe at other mm-hmm. Disney parks across the whatever. Mm-hmm. And it is based off of an elevator that, you know, falls and, and whatever. It's like a, a thrill ride. Um, is it possible that we could go through elevator to get into this type of machinery? It's certainly possible. It's also a roller coaster, the Tower of Terror. So there's also like a, a I mean, it is a feat of mechanical engineering. And if you're an eagle-eared listener, you heard that uh, it was mentioned that Danny is a mechanical engineer by training. Mm-hmm. So um, that's probably why his friend said, hey, you should go check this out. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I think Tower of Terror is is absolutely a legitimate uh, way of going. I like it. Okay. Well then, let's let's do it. Let's go through the Tower of Terror uh, to get you away from David S. Pumpkins Which, as quickly as possible. Thank you, and I, I, it's greatly appreciated. And uh, we have it's under the concept and creation section. It is on the second paragraph, the second link yeah. of that paragraph. And here we go. And when you get here, you find that it is it is located in in multiple locations: uh, Hollywood Studios, Tokyo Disney Sea, uh, Walt Disney Studios Park, which I believe is in. Um, Paris and uh, then the Disney California Adventure, although this ride is no longer there because it's been replaced by Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Mm, that's sad. So there you go. I have ridden this ride both in Disney's California Adventure and the uh, Florida park that it exists mm-hmm. in. Did you ride it when it was still Tower of Terror in, in uh, California Adventure or did you ride the Mission Breakout? Uh, no, I, I rode it uh, when it was uh, uh, the Tower of Terror. Got it. Numer- Got it. Numerous okay. times, numerous times. Got it. As, a, okay. as, a, as a previous resident of Southern California, they would have a, if you live in Southern California, you can buy a ticket to one of the parks and get into the other park for free. Uh, mm-hmm. So as a, as a thrifty parent who lived in Southern California, we always took advantage of that opportunity. Got it. Because I don't know if you know this, um, Matt, Disney tickets are very expensive. Yeah, I do. I do actually uh, know that as a matter of fact. Now, one of the things that I, I see on this, on this page, it talks about development of this ride. And uh, one of the attractions it says several attractions had already been proposed, including Dick Tracy's Crime Stoppers, which Ooh. would later be made into Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland. Can you imagine if they had made a Dick Tracy ride? Wow. Like at that time, it was quote unquote popular. Like it, they were definitely pushing it very hard. It was like kind of, you know, like, oh, well, there was Batman and now there's Dick Tracy. Um did not age well, and no one really remembers it very well. I uh, I went to so when Dick, when the movie Dick Tracy came out, like yeah. there was like a midnight premiere, and it was like one of the first times that had ever been done uh, yeah. for a major release. And you bought a T shirt that was your ticket, and I have or, or at least had one of those. I went to see it at, at midnight. Starred Warren Beatty, had Al Pacino in it, Madonna oh, yeah. was in it, and yep. it's one of those things where I I felt. Like I was a young, impressionable man, and I had been convinced by the marketing that I was somehow participating in some incredible cultural event, when in fact, no, I'd just been sold a bill of goods by a bunch of uh, uh, hucksters. I mean, here's what I have to say. I I watched this movie recently, um, and it is not a great movie as far as script or plot or anything that's concerned, but visually, it is still pretty stunning. Like the the way that they did the color and everything to make it look like the comic strip was was very cool. Um, and so if you have the Disney Plus, I think you can go watch that now. Uh, if you have never seen Dick Tracy, uh, you know, 
uh, give it a go. Uh, don't don't have high expectations, but there are a lot of big names in it. Um, that is for sure. This is true. Uh, Dustin Hoffman even plays a minor role uh, in, in Mumbles, if memory serves. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah. Um, well, anyway, on this page, uh, I do see the Otis Elevator Company. If we did want to try to go through there, I see things like steel and concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a lot as far as like engineering. Uh, engineering yeah not, at least not yet but uh you know we could still we could still find it i'm also not saying it. i'm starting at the bottom and working my way up uh i'm not finding Here, anything here's an interesting fact about this that i i'm not seeing on this page right now but i i have learned and that is that this particular ride when they they went to the the elevator companies and they were like can you design an elevator that will fall when we want it to and they were like well we design all of our elevators to make sure they don't do that um, but they found thank, a way to thank, do it. They put thank them, goodness. Right. They put them on the elevator. They let them, you know, experience what it would be like, but they, it didn't fall fast enough for them. So this ride doesn't actually fall. It is pulled down faster than it would fall. Nice. Yeah. It's not a free fall. It's, it's actually, I mean, you're, you're kind of in free fall, but it's being pulled faster than, than it would, than it would actually fall, which I thought was uh, just a fascinating uh, piece of information. So now, now you all know as well. There you go. So you did mention Otis elevator uh, company listed there. Uh, So Otis elevator company is very specific and they do a lot of fine work uh, in terms of the lifting people up and down. Is it possible that elevator itself is just a, a, a link somewhere? Because I haven't seen it yet, but it, it is it is certainly possible. I feel like the Falkirk wheel in its own perverse way is a kind like it is literally an elevator in that it elevates right. everything. Right. And that's why I that's why I initially thought of it. Yeah. Uh as as going to this particular ride, because elevator and that particular thing sounded like, you know, could be a thing. Um but I don't see elevator itself linked, although obviously it'll be linked off of the Otis Elevator Company page. Uh, I know that's an extra link to go through. One hopes. Um, it's crazy because yeah, well, the word elevator appears on this page a gajillion times. Oh, I, I found the word elevator linked, actually. Where did you find it, sir? Um, so down, well, it may be linked earlier than this, but uh, down quite far down under Tokyo Disney Sea version, uh, on the right-hand side, um, there's like a little box and it says vehicle type elevator. Aha! Elevator is linked. Vehicle type. There it is. Elevator. Yeah. So now G force is also on here. I don't I think that elevator is a better way to go though than G force. I, I concur. I concur. Um, yeah. So that's that that would be my that would be that, that's where I think we should go. I, I, I agree. Let's go with elevator. All right. Elevator it is, and we are off to elevator. Uh it is uh or or well, North American English would call it an elevator. Commonwealth English would call it a lift. Indeed. Indeed. Lift. Yes. Um, A type of cable-assisted, hydraulic cylinder-assisted, or roller track-assisted machine that vertically transports people or freight between floors, levels, or decks of a building, vessel, or other structure. Ooh. So this, first of all, this, it must be said, is a very long and comprehensive article. There, the, I'm I'm only looking at the table of contents alone, but in the yes. table of contents under uses, it has yes. 14 different subsections of types of elevators, passenger wow. service, freight elevators, sidewalk elevators, stage lifts, vehicle elevators, and boat lifts. Yeah, I see that. 
Which Should is, we just go straight there to boat lift? I, I have I have gone down there, and uh, it is sadly a very short section, which is essentially uh, a sentence, but it does have a link <laughs> to an, a main article for boat lifts. Oh, it does. It also has a link to canal lock, mm-hmm. which is the type of thing that it would be, right? Or, oh, let's see, a I, lock is a device <laughs> used for raising and lowering boats. I think it's going to be on that page. I. I would I would push back uh, on canal lock because my understanding really? and, and my understanding is purely based on the Animaniacs song about the Panama Canal. Um, <sighs> that the okay. the the way that a canal lock works is it yeah. is a chamber that is enclosed, and then yeah. water is either added to or removed from the sure. chamber, and that is the mechanism through which the boat uh, is raised or lowered. And Absolutely. the Falkirk wheel is not that. It is literally, it's it's like a Ferris wheel, but one that a boat rides. It's, it is banana pants to see. And the only reason I am this excited about it is because I've seen a video of this thing. It is literally a, a, a chamber full of water, but the water level mm-hmm. stays the same. It's just, it turns uh, to a new uh, height. So I, well, I, yeah, I understand that. But I guess what I would ask is, does it accomplish the same goal as a lock? It does. However, given the, the fact that there is an article called Boat Lift, I would think that an article called Boat Lift would cover the many different ways boats are lifted rather than exclusively through mm-hmm. the addition or removal of water, which is the uh, case in terms of a canal lock. I see. I see. I guess my thought was that it would a canal lock would have it like the the lock would have it in there talking about like, and another option is this particular thing, but I see, I see your argument. Um, and I raise you a, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't think that's a raise. I think, um, I think it is. I think it's, <laughs> I think it fits. Um, is that, is the, is the Falkirk wheel like yeah, Falkirk wheel? Good. Um, is that, a type of thing? Like, does it have a name or is there only one of them? I don't know the answer to that. Um, okay. I, I, I mean, when I saw the video of it on Twitter or whatever a year or two ago, I was like, holy yeah. shit, that's cool. So it's, it's clearly modern enough that if there are duplicates or are, are similar things that it's not out there in, in the, uh, in the zeitgeist yet. And I will also say that I think that Danny was totally wrong. And he seemed like, eh, it's not that great. Uh, and maybe because he has a mechanical engineering background and has seen way cooler stuff. But for me, I thought it was cool as shit. Well, I mean, also he, he said that it was, it was really talked up. And I think that that's, look, that's a problem all over the world, right? When you have something that your expectation is set so high that nothing can possibly meet it, what are you going to do? Like, like, right? like the David S. Pumpkin sketch was talked up way too much, and, and people talked about it like it was the second coming. And in fact, it's just yeah. an okay sketch on Saturday Night Live. Um, yeah. So, it's yeah. Also, I will say that I've never physically been to the Falkirk Wheel, and I, I would imagine that, like the, the awe of seeing it is probably exhausted after the first five minutes. So, if it's if it's a bit of a hike. Right. And it takes like right. hours to get there on your precious trip to Scotland. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. Maybe, maybe look it up online and feel like, yeah, I get the sense of it. Yeah. You can probably like when you're watching a video of it too, you probably get to see like different angles and all sorts of things when you're, when you're on it, 
or or just looking at it from wherever you are, you're probably just like, look, there it is. Indeed. Doing a doing its thing. And what if it didn't move while you were there? What if there wasn't a reason for it to to do its little I mean, how many how many lift? how many Scottish uh boats are going through the channels? Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't have a clue. Hey, you know what is on here what? is Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, how interesting. Now you seem to be in favor of uh the geographic. No, route. no. No, I'm not going to take it, but it is here. Um, because, and you know why it's on here? Why because is it here? The Glasgow Tower is on here. An observation tower in Glasgow, Scotland, also makes use of two climbing elevators. So Good there you go. Them. That's that's the reason that it's on here. I just, I, I was just been, I've been kind of uh, strolling through this page as we've been talking here, just to see if for some reason earlier than boat lift it may actually mention this particular thing, this, this Falkirk wheel, yep, because yep. who knows? Um, I haven't seen it, so I don't think that it will. And I think that, uh, I think your boat lift, what is it, a main page? It's not a category, is it? It's a main article, no. Although okay. I will okay. say at the bottom under C also, there is a link for list of elevator accidents, which has excited <laughs> oh, no. my morbid oh, curiosity. No. It's, oh, no. we, we won't go there today. I'm just no. saying- if we ever want to get to it down the rabbit hole oh, of, of it's not terrible. Listen, it's better than Battle of the Song, for God's Man, sakes. Well, I don't know. Maybe. You don't know. You don't know for sure. There's probably been some pretty terrible elevator accidents. I, I feel like not worse than the Battle of the Song. All right. Well, okay. Pro- probably from a from a like human uh humanity being destroyed uh, perspective, you're probably right. I mean, what what's what's the what's the maximum number of deaths from a single elevator accident that you can think would have happened? Like Well, if it was one of those like let's see how many people we can fit in here things, it could be quite a few. Okay, so 40? Could be could we upwards of 15. Okay, there you go. All right, so f- 15 <laughs> fraternity idiots died because they were trying to yeah. pack an elevator. I'm just saying. All right. All right, so you want to go to the main article for boat lift. I want to go to the main article for boat lift, All right, my let's friend. Let's do it. Let's boat, do it. Boat lift it is. Here it is. Oh my what god, I there? see it. I see it. I see it. What? Matthew Q Hartman. Not not my name. Look over to, to first of all be glad you have a name because I don't. And uh, yeah. it's a you're right. Topic. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. You're right. I'm so sure. I if you I if you are it. on the boat lift page and you look over to the right, there are three pictures that are right up there at the top. Would you look at the oh. second one and tell me what you see, my friend? I see the Falkirk wheel. Woohoo! And thank God, you know it's- because it is a short freaking page. It is well. It's linked also in the very like the second sentence of this whole thing. But mm. I have to say, I've seen this thing before too. I just didn't know that this was this. There <laughs> so you go. I, I have seen this thing. Very cool. Well, let's- yeah, it is very cool looking. And folks, if you haven't seen it, uh, look it up because it is it is a cool looking thing. Uh, regardless of you know whatever it is, it takes four minutes, um, and it is the only rotating boat lift in the world. All right, so just it's to be clear, one of a kind. It is one of a kind. Let's click on it. There's even because a, that's our destination. There's even a video link uh, uh, on the page, so you can look at it. You can look at the a video yes. from inside the boat that's on the wheel. Pretty awesome. Well, it's a time lapse. Pretty right? cool. Or oh, yeah. uh, time lapse inside the boat. Time lapse outside the boat. There's both. I love it. But it's a time it. lapse of like four minutes. It's not like it's you know nine hours of. Uh, okay. It covers a time period of 10 minutes, actually. Oh. As it says on here. All right. 
Um, now, if you're if you're wondering when this was built, it was 2002, so it is very new. Very very new. 21st century, as a matter of fact, not even 20th century. Uh-huh. So look at that. Um, yeah, the the Falkirk wheel is the only rotating boat lift of its kind in the world, and one of two working boat lifts in the United Kingdom. The other being, of course, the Anderton boat lift. Uh, I was I mean, just going to say the Anderton boat lift, but you, yeah, you beat right. me. I mean, you knew it. I, I was. Knew it. I was. We we're, we're well, there it is, folks. We did it. David S. Pumpkins to the Falkirk Wheel via Tower of Terror, um, I think is a is a pretty interesting path that that we had. I like it. Yeah. Hooray, and, hooray uh, for all of the engineers that made our path possible today. That's right. Now, I, I have to say, when we went to write our predictions, I almost wrote a larger yeah. number because I didn't think we were going to be able to get here this quickly. Boy, am I ever glad that I changed it before we actually started. <laughs> I did write a larger number. Oh, did you? So I, I wrote down five. I don't know what you wrote. I wrote down six. So you are and the winner the number, of this week's episode. The number was four. Oh, yeah. It only took us four to get here. Wow, look at that. Crazy times. I did it, Jethro. Congratulations, I actually won a week. Matt. Congratulations. Oh, the comeback starts tonight. So there it is. Well, this has been this has been uh, fascinating the entire time. Uh, learning all about the bourbon, having some actual like bourbon makers on, I think is a I mean definite first for us. Absolutely. Box, Although so. I will say, like hearing them go into the details about how little they do and how many subcontractors essentially they relied on to get their bourbon mm-hmm. made. Like it sounds like, I mean. You and I, if we were so motivated, could enlist the work of subcontractors and, and, and make a drunkard's walk bourbon. Are you down? A drunkard's walk bourbon? I mean, we've we've got our branded merch glasses. Uh, I mean, it's true. Gosh, Jethro, you you've really you've really sent my mind a spinning. Uh, so, folks, tune in for season twelve when we're finally making our own drunkard's walk bourbon. We're paying other people of, to make off it. Off of all of the all of the proceeds from our Patreon. By the way, have you signed up for our Patreon yet? No? Well, go ahead and head on over to Patreon. Look up Drunkard's Walk Podcast. You can find the link in the show notes as well. Join us on Patreon, won't you? Get some free stuff for free. Absolutely. Uh, get a t-shirt. Get a sticker. Get some access to some episodes you've never heard before. Listen. It's a great time. Uh, and of course, a shout out to KDT. Uh, she is still our lone patron at this point. Um, so I will, I will say that I will say this, listen, we all have the streaming services. We all watch the, the movies in the theaters that have the big names and the stars who are making yep. m- what, what Matt and I are doing here is small batch entertainment. That is right. We are, we That's are, right. we are home crafting a, a personalized entertainment experience for a very select audience. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is delivered into your ears, um, Free of charge, of course. If if you know, certainly if you don't have the means, and, and and that's right. And this is this is how you pass the time. That's certainly fine. But if you do have a spare copper or two, uh, the Patreon is there. And if you want to reward the people who are creating the type of entertainment that you enjoy, please by all means um, do that. Because believe me, the people who make the Marvel movies, they've got enough money. They're okay. They yeah. could literally make right. zero more money from the rest of their lives, and they would be just fine. And you know what? All of the crew members who work on Drunkard's Walk are fairly paid. It's true. They have breaks. They get everything that they They, need in order to live their lives in a fantastic way. Unlike 
Some people. That's right. We Hollywood. don't. We don't have a union strike threatening us. I, in fact, I will not. say, Matt, uh, that uh, we have received from our from our cast and crew on Drug and Talk, yeah. we've received literally zero complaints about working conditions. Zero. Not a zero. One. That's right. So, folks, if you want to support that, head on over to the Patreon. If you want to support uh, people who treat other people terribly, I don't know. Keep keep. Um, I guess just doing what you've been doing. Yeah, I guess if you just if you just want to contribute to the the, the misery of the human race, then right. then then buy entertainment from the big companies. But if you want wholesome family, mm-hmm. yep. uh, community based small batch entertainment, exactly. Yeah, then I think you know what to do. Jethro, here's the thing: um, we're not allowed to both have barrel strength anymore. I think that's wise. That's all it comes down to. But uh, this has been an absolute blast and a half. And I can't wait to do it again next week, my man. Uh, This has been 115.2 proof of uh, delight for me. Thank you, Matthew. Hey, everybody, Matt Hartman again for Drunkard's Walk. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. A big thank you to our guests this week from Penelope Bourbon. Also, a big thank you to Nick Harmio for our artwork and to Jesse L.E. for our theme. We want to remind you that you can go on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. Give us a rating or review. If you want to support us financially, go on to Patreon and you can find us there just by searching for Drunkard's Walk Podcast. Uh, Send us an email. Let us know what topic you'd like us to venture off to and maybe we'll have you on as a guest. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. This is Overtime. Each week, I'll be giving you a little extra knowledge about something that happened in the past during the week of our release. This week, we look at the week of November 2nd, and I want to take you back to November 7th, 1907. I'm going to tell you a little bit about a man named Jesus Garcia Corona. Jesus was working for a Matazuma Copper Company. He had originally started working for them at the age of 17 as a water boy. He was later promoted and was currently working as a brakeman for the train. Now, if you don't know what a brakeman is, his job is literally to help break the train, so it's uh, not too complicated. The train he was working on ran from Nakazare, Sonora in Mexico to Douglas, Arizona. On November 7, 1907, the train was stopped in the town of Nakazare. As this is a train that was used by a mining company, it was carrying dynamite. And while Garcia was resting, he noticed that the locomotive's smoke box was failing and sparks were coming out of the smokestack. Some of these sparks were being blown by the wind onto the hay on the roof of the car carrying the dynamite. The hay, of course, caught fire. Garcia moved very quickly and immediately started driving the train in reverse downhill at full speed. He was able to get the train six kilometers away before the dynamite exploded. Unfortunately, he was killed in the blast, but he saved many lives and the town by getting the train so far away. He's been honored in many ways in Mexico, including the town changing its name to Nacazari de Garcia, statues being erected, streets, schools, and even a sports stadium bearing his name. He's remembered in song and has been named a national hero of Mexico. But that's it for Overtime for this week of November 2nd. I'll see you next time.